Well, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be here today with you sharing God's Word. We're in Romans chapter 2. This is our Romans teaching. There was 23 sessions in chapter 1. You can avail yourself to all of them at my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Again, that's Curtis Hutchinson, H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-O-N 316. All our worship services are uploaded there. Our Galatians teaching is that's presently ongoing is being uploaded there. This Romans teaching is there. Today is part 8 of chapter 2. And uh, I tell you, you just can't rush through the Word of God. I'm one of those believers and, and ministers that I believe and I preach every Word of God as it has to flow through the message of the cross. It has to flow through the gospel because it's just like our body and all the blood in our body, even the blood in my feet right now, at some point has got to flow eventually through my heart uh, to keep my body functioning. And it's just like that with the Word of God. Every word in the Bible has to flow through the victory of Christ at Calvary, through the redemptive work of Christ at the cross for us to be able to understand its meaning, to be growing in in grace and, and, and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says that all His words are spoken in righteousness and the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Therefore, every word in the Bible must flow through that revelation of Christ and His atoning work or it will really be a word that really can't bring faith. It can't bring faith. It, it, it can only stir up and, and, and cause my flesh to operate. Yes, the Bible can, can do that if I don't understand that my faith must be in Christ and His atoning work on the cross, then the Holy Spirit can teach me God's Word as the light to the path that I walk on. And the path that I'm called and you're called to walk down as a child of God is the very same path that Jesus walked down. Jesus, all His life, was on the way to the cross. You and I are told by Jesus that if we're going to follow Him, we have to take up our cross, which is simply faith in His cross, and follow Him. And all our life, we're to have that attitude, that mindset that I'm not here to be puffed up, to be prideful. I'm here to be a humble child of God, thankful for what I have, bearing my cross daily, Jesus said, so that I'd be able to follow Him. And so... I'm just thankful to be able to, at this point, after years of ministry, I got in ministry in 1994 and began to youth pastor, began to teach and preach the Word of God, became associate pastor, uh, and then eventually began to pastor a church, birthed a church in 2005, birthed and began on the preaching of the cross. Now before that, it was just God's Word and however we wanted to use it outside of its righteous context. But today, thanks be to God, hallelujah, we can get in God's Word. It can literally, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be the lamp to our feet, the light to our path, because now the Holy Spirit has taught us that all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. I'm quoting Proverbs 8 and 8 to you, a profile found and recent revealed to me scripture by the Holy Spirit. Very blessed. 
uh, to know this today that I, I can't just take God's Word and run with it for whatever I want. It must be seen through the Gospel where righteousness is re- revealed and then the Holy Spirit can reveal to me what is written on these pages, how it is going to profit and affect me because of the death of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Today we are in chapter 2, as I said, and we are going to begin in verse 14 and 15 uh, something very powerful and, and, and special to me because I am a Gentile believer. I'm not a Jewish believer. I'm a Gentile believer grafted in, adopted into the family of God. Hallelujah because my faith is in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. But nevertheless, and I believe we talked about it on the last session, even though I'm a Gentile believer, uh, not under not born under Jewish law, I still have, according to the Word of God, the works of the law manifest in my heart because of my conscience bearing witness by certain things that we'll read about today. And if I talked about this on the last session, well, we need to see it again today. I don't want to get by this too far because this there's something special in here we're going to see today that reveals how we act and how we can tell if we've gone back under the law or if we're, we're walking in grace but we trip up every once in a while and we stop trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. And when we do that, the only other thing we can trust in is something I'm doing, they're doing, he said, I said. They, if it, it, It's either faith in Christ and His finished work or it's faith in something somebody's doing and that's called law. It doesn't have to be the Ten Commandments. If I tell you, you have to do this, to be delivered from sins or delivered from cigarettes or delivered from a foul mouth or delivered from any bondage, any type of sin, guess what? I just laid a law before you. If you'll do, then God will save and deliver. That's not how the Bible explains salvation. It explains it that it's by faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. But it's easy to be moved into that subtle deception where we, and we've all done it. If, if you think you hadn't done it, then you're doing it right now because you're, uh, you're, you're walking in the flesh by lying. Every Christian gets in the flesh, not necessarily because we're in the flesh, means we've gone back under the law. We, we can just get in the flesh, but a lot of times we get in the flesh, I'd be willing to say it's because in that moment we're really not trusting because we're not thinking about what Christ did for us at Calvary. We've, we've moved away from that faith, that thankful heart for what He's done, how that was everything to us, and now we've become more focused on what this is I want, what this is I deserve, what this is I ought to have. You understand what I'm talking about because you've been there. If you're a human being, even a child of God, you've been there. Even if you didn't blow up and have a rageful fit and tell it, it went on in your heart. And guess who saw it? God saw it. That's the way we are. But we can fight the good fight of faith and and stay under grace, my friends, by trusting in the finished work of Christ. Well, let's get into the Word today. We'll back up like I like to do and, and read verse 13 and then flow right into verses 14 and 15 where we'll be today. The Bible says in Romans 2 and 13, Because not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. And we talked about that last week. God 
says if you're going to be righteous, if you're going to come to heaven, you got to do the law. You got to be guiltless. You have to be perfect. You have to be righteous. And thanks be to God, Jesus came and did that for us. And our simple faith in His finished work, His death, His atonement for our sins to redeem us by His blood through His death, our faith in Him allows God to say, you're justified, you're redeemed by the blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good news. You're now a keeper of the law. Well, your faith has to stay in Christ and the sacrifice to be found walking in the place of obedience, and that's found in Romans 6 for those of you who really are trying to learn the Word of God. He goes on to say, because when the Gentiles, that's us, if you're not born under the Jewish lineage, that's you and that's me, because when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Now watch. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. And this came out on the last Friday morning's broadcast as well. I shared it with the folks in the Galatians teaching. We are in chapter 4 of that teaching. I encourage you to watch those broadcasts. You will learn the Word of God as it is viewed through the gospel into the place of victory and liberty that Christ has afforded us at the cross. And I'm thankful to know that. I'm thankful uh, that you can know that if you'll just subject yourself to faith in the cross and come to the real that's what the Lord was looking for. That's what He was looking for to save you. He didn't save you before you believed from the heart in that work of Christ on the cross. And here's the good news that you can know today that He will be able to continue perfecting that work in you if you hold fast to the hope of the gospel, if you keep your faith in the cross and you're not like I was for years, carried off into the purpose-driven, carried off into the you-confess-it thing, the word my faith was in my words, my faith was in my doing, instead of Christ in His cross. And I know a lot of people hear this and they think, well, don't we have to do anything? Yes, although you're not saved by works or sanctified by works, there are many works that we walk in, but they're all in Christ, praise God. Watch this now. This is powerful. This reveals how we can find ourselves, the manifestation is written here, of when we find ourselves under the law, our conscience bearing witness of the works of the law written in our hearts, our conscience bearing witness because we excuse sin if it's benefiting our flesh. Have you ever been there? I have. Have you ever had a business that was rocking along and all of a sudden God revealed to you there was something in that business that was had the appearance of something that was not good, not right, an evil appearance. And now because you've been making money or you've been doing this business, now God is revealing to you that you're going to have to walk away. Or you've been doing, you've been doing this, you've been saying that, you've been believing this, but the Holy Spirit shows up and reveals something to you now that lets you know that's sinful, that's wrong. The question is, are we going to make excuses for what this is that has an appearance of evil? 
Are we going to begin to make excuses for what this is? You could use something such as a man and a woman living together without the ordinance of marriage and their marriage being legal before God. Listen, they could say, well, we love each other. Well, we're, we're Christians and we know because we love each other and we're born again, we don't need a legal piece of paper. In God's eyes, we're married. No, God set the civil law in place. You can read that in the book of Acts. God gave the world the civil law, legalities, and don't speed, don't rob banks. Don't the, the civil law came from God. Amen. Somebody said hallelujah. You better be glad God put civil law in action or the world we, we would have all killed each other long time ago. But thank God for that. So when God reveals something to us, a lot of times it's something that's in our lives. It's not right, but it's somehow been benefiting us. There we are at a point in our lives we will either excuse this sin, for whatever the reasonings, the excuses, as we excuse sin. But the moment this thing stops benefiting me, <coughs> if I'm not careful, I will begin to accuse and condemn others who are caught up in that as well. See, that's we can go back to earlier in this chapter when Paul says, don't be condemning these folks that are out there in the world that are backbiters and, and unthankful and unholy. Yeah, they're caught up in that. They're living lives of condemnation because when they knew God, they stopped glorifying God. They stopped thanking God. They changed the glory of God into the glory of a beast. They, they didn't like to retain the knowledge of God. They traded truth in for a lie. So all they have left is to live lives of condemnation and it's not up to me and you to condemn them. That's coming at judgment day unless they repent from their sins. That's not our job. Paul reveals that earlier in this chapter. And that's why we have to be careful when we're excusing sin in our lives or, or, or we're, we could even be accusing our own selves, beating ourselves down over sin that's in our lives. And God wants us to stop beating ourselves up over sin and just come to repentance through faith in the truth, which is Christ and Him crucified. Praise God. That's good stuff that we can know that. We don't have to beat ourselves up, condemn ourselves, and we don't have to beat others up and condemn them. The only people throwing rocks of condemnation are people walking in condemnation themselves. The only people excusing sin are the people living in sin themselves. That's what chapter 2 is talking about. If I'm condemning somebody, the Bible says I, I'm also condemned. That's what chapter 2... And listen, guys, this is to the church. This is not to the world. This is to the church. Instructions, direction for the church. So we see the, the work of the law written in our hearts as Gentiles and our conscience bears that out. A good example I gave last Friday on the, uh, the Galatians teaching is, is, and this is really the lost world, but it works the same way in the church. Just use a, a different example, but this is an example of some one who's bound on methamphetamines. They're bound, they're trapped, they, they can't get away, they, they don't know about Christ or they're rejecting Christ and, 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 and the, 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 the devils, the demons of, uh, are, are against them. They're, 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 they've got them bound and, and, and they're stealing, they're going around stealing from homes and they're, and they're excusing it. 
in their minds and their hearts. They're excusing it because they're involved in it and it's benefiting their flesh, they believe. And, and so they come home one night and someone has robbed their house. What do they do? They don't excuse it like they're excusing their sin. They pick up the phone and they call the law because they want somebody condemned for them stealing from them. Do you see how it works? It happens the same way in the church, among preachers, among the saints of God. We excuse things if we're under the law. We excuse things as long as it's benefiting us somehow. But the moment we stop benefiting from it, we begin to hammer and condemn. We begin to raise the sledgehammer. You get my point. You see what the Apostle Paul is saying. And he says right after these things, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to to my gospel. Did you, did you see that? Did, did you understand that? That Jesus Christ not only is creator, John chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. Jesus is creator of all things. He's also the redeemer of all that will be redeemed. And he is judge of all men. Every man, woman, every human being will bow the knee and confess Jesus as Lord. You and I as children of God, hopefully you're born again. If not, you can believe right now that Christ Jesus is the Son of the living God, came, sent by the Father to take your sin away, to forgive you and deliver you from sin's power, sin, shame, and guilt, justify you through your faith in the blood of Jesus, make you a son of God, welcome you into the family of God, adopt you as a child of God into His kingdom, and you will have the best father you ever had and an eternal promise with Him. You can be saved right now. Not when you go do something because we're not saved by doing. We're saved by believing in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. But Jesus, we as Christians bow our knee today and confess Him as Lord of our salvation, Lord of all creation, judge of all creation. Those that end up at the great white throne judgment will stand before Jesus Christ, the one they rejected all their life, the one they never believed in. They believed in something else because all human beings are born into this world worshipers. We all worship ourselves for a season. We worship our acts. We worship this. We worship men. We, some worship rocks. We worship, some worship Mary, another human being that God used to bring about the Redeemer through who was sinful just like all of us. But if you exalt another person, if you exalt anything created by God, then you're worshiping an idol. Jesus was not created. He is creator. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? And He is Redeemer, and He is going to judge all. But notice what the Bible says. Jesus Christ is going to judge all according to the gospel that Paul preached. Think about that. This, he's hearing from the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is speaking to the Holy Spirit to give the Apostle Paul these words to write to the church in Rome. 
I was reading the other day and we think that God just uh, did more spectacular things in that day in different ways than He did this day in Paul's day. That's really not true. Phoebe uh, was a lady who carried this, this letter from where Paul was at this time to the Roman church. And most Bible scholars believe that Paul heard she was going and wrote the letter and sent the letter with her. That sounds like something that would happen today. We hear that somebody is going to do something and, and God in, in sends somebody to meet them and give them the gospel. That's powerful. God has always moved and operated in the same way. When He finds somebody that will believe, He will speak through them, work through them, do great and mighty things through them. Do you know that's why He's made you to stay on the earth as a child of God? He wants to speak through you. He wants to touch through you. He wants to work through you. He wants to reveal Himself through you to the church, to the world. He wants to be a blessing to the people all over the world through you. That's powerful, isn't it? That is very powerful to me. But the Bible here, and we don't need to pass through this. There are many people, I'm getting reports. I heard a pastor a couple of weekends ago talk about a big movement now of Preachers and church people claiming to be Christians uh, removing the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament saying that, that some of the things he wrote contradicted some of the things that Jesus taught. Where in the world did they get that? There is no contradictions in the entirety of God's Word. If there is, then God Himself is a contradiction and a liar. If we think there's a contradiction in the Word of God, it's because we lack. We lack understanding and wisdom because there is no contradiction in the Word of God. Let me say something about the Word of God just passing in this moment with you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John chapter 1, verse 1. And I want to say this to you. Everything written today that men have access to read. If it's contrary to the Word, who is God, who was here before all writings, God's Word was here before all their words were written. And God, through the years, just revealed greater and greater revelation of Christ that He was writing about in the Word. And when Jesus came, He didn't change the Word, He revealed a greater revelation of the Word as He walked as the living Word among men. God, the Word that is God, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's powerful. And the one who came and gave His life is the one who created all things and the one who is going to judge all things. You better be careful when you hear people say, that they've taken away some of the things out of the Bible because Paul really didn't understand what we understand today and Paul taught some things that was contradictory to Jesus' teaching. You better run as fast as you can. If you don't see that as an appearance of evil, then there's other evil going to choke the very life out of you and you're in the danger, very much danger, of even losing your soul that many teach can't happen even after you're born again, but the Bible teaches that you can. And I'm sticking with God's Word. So you better be careful. You better beware of those saying things like that. And oh, the devil anoints those people, influences those people. 
to be able to speak those things, to put it in a way where it's, it's those that are not walking with their faith in the sacrifice of Christ who are going to be subtly and deceitfully turning away, the Bible says, from the faith, seduced and turning away from the faith. Better be very careful about that. But I wanted to say this today about the judgment of God. Jesus is going to judge all. Every knee is going to bow. Every person that stands before Jesus at the great white throne judgment who has rejected Him and will then beg for mercy, beg for their lives, beg for, for Him to understand why they didn't believe, there will be no mercy at the white throne judgment. There will be no grace offered at the white throne judgment. Every man will be judged there according to the gospel that Paul preached. The gospel that Paul preached. That's a profound and a bold statement to make by the Apostle Paul, but it's not an arrogant statement. It is a confident that I've heard from God that I am the one that God has called, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent to the Gentiles the one that the Lord gave the revelation of the cross, the very meaning of it. Now, I want to say something today. The reason that the devil would have believers rip pages out from what Paul taught is because Paul is the one that the Lord gave the revelation of what crushed the devil's head what took his power away of death. That's why the devil will do everything he can to blot out what Paul was written, what Paul was given by the Holy Spirit because it's what Paul was given in the Word that reveals how we live as victorious Christians. It, let me say it again. It's what the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul that reveals how we live in victory as Christians. You needed to hear that today. Even if you already knew it, you need, you need to begin to contend with a boldness you've never had. You need to ask God, I need this boldness. I need this courage to contend for the faith because I know this. If we're not contending for the faith, we're going to be contending for something that is not the faith. That's a fact. But not only is God going to judge all the lost by the God, according to the gospel of Christ. But he's going to judge, he says, the secrets of men. Oh, so many secrets. Do you know that when we stand before the Lord, there's not going to be any secrets. We're not going to be able to tell the Lord something to try to move Him out of His decision about you and I and what we did with our salvation. How, why we didn't keep going, we didn't... We, we didn't Believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We wrote that off because Papaw said we we you know that's not of God. Or our, our great books are written where men talk about a powerful justification, and then on pages over they talk about how the baptism with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues and all that's not for the day. Christ is going to ask why you rejected that. It's in the Bible. It's for you. It's for all, Peter said. It's for everybody. There's no scripture written that can refute that being just for the early, just the early church. It's not there. Why we didn't live for Christ after we were saved by Christ. Why we didn't bear the fruit that should have been bare for Him. I know that every Christian is going to regret many times that we should have, could have, shouldn't have... Uh, 
You understand. But listen, we can start right now trusting in the finished work of Christ and watch the Holy Spirit work through us. Watch Christ by His Spirit work through us to bear the fruit of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, we're so blessed today to know what we know, to have what we have, to be who we are in Christ and have the opportunities laid before us. We're such a blessed people. To know that not only the lost world at the great white throne judgment are going to be judged according to the gospel, the truth. You can't separate those two things. The truth is the gospel and the gospel is the truth. And you can't separate those things from the message of the cross. They're all tied together and cannot be separated. You might say, well, the truth is all God's word. The message of the cross is just one message. That's about as wrong as I could ever uh, be to think that. All the Bible is the message of the cross because the message of the cross is what brings the gospel that's found in the gospel. It is the power of the gospel to save all who will believe is the message of Christ in Him crucified. Hallelujah. Which is the truth, by the way. And all God's words, the whole Bible, you say, all of God's words are spoken in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. The truth is only revealed in the gospel. Therefore, before we can say God's word over here is truth and it hadn't got anything to do with the cross, that's so terribly wrong. All of God's word must flow through the cross, the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat of Christianity must flow through the gospel, the message of the cross, before it can be seen, walked in, and experienced as the word of righteousness that will bring faith and power and provision of the Lord. I'm sharing with you what most in past days have not known, but we desperately need to know it. All who would refute what I'm sharing right now, it's because they're still under law. The law only speaks to those under the law, Romans 3.19. The law doesn't speak to you and me under grace anymore. Today, the one speaking to us is the Son of God. In these last days, God sent His Son to speak to us. We're no longer spoken to <clears throat> by God through the law. He speaks to us in these last days by His Son. We're blessed. He not only created all things, He is the Redeemer of all that will be believing to be redeemed through faith in His cross. And He is also going to be the judge of all men, the secrets of all men, things that nobody knows about right now. But you and the Lord, believe me, He knows. He is the God that not only knows what we think, but why we're thinking what we're thinking. He goes deep into the deepness of man's heart, a place you and I cannot even go. And that's coming to a theater near you very soon. And we need to just make sure we're clinging to that old rugged cross. Our faith is truly in Christ because our faith is in the cross, His finished work there. If that's not where our faith is, our faith is really not in Christ. And that can be bare out in the Word of God. I'm so thankful you've tuned in today. Uh, Again, this is session 8 of Romans chapter 2. And I pray that you'd avail yourselves to all the teaching uh, that's on this YouTube channel. Curtis Hutchinson, 316, I love you. God bless you. And until next time, be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. And you will hear from God. Praise the Lord. See you next time.